Welcome to another edition of Market Impact Insights, your podcast source for business leadership perspectives to help your business grow. Hear from experts in marketing, sales, business strategy, and more with practical advice for business success. Make sure you won't miss the latest episodes by visiting marketimpactnow.com. Now, here's your host, Dan Albaum. Welcome back, everyone, to another great episode of Market Impact Insights. It's a new year. It's filled with opportunity, and it's a really good time for us to be thinking about what do we define success as, success in our professional lives, success in our personal lives. There's so many ways to define success Many define it in terms of financial measures, in terms of possessions, in terms of status. Others are about the human factor, about relationships, about making an impact. I was looking at a Gallup poll that was done recently, uh, and it was done uh, thousands of Americans asking them how they define success. And you may not be surprised by this, but the, the feedback was it's not about status-oriented things. Most of the respondents define success as about relationships, happiness, health, quality of life. And we're going to explore this topic of success and how to achieve it with my guest today, Donnie Boivin. And Donnie knows quite a bit about this topic. He's a motivational speaker, an author, a podcaster, has been successful in business. He's a coach And it's all about helping change the game in terms of mindset and this idea, this concept of success. He's written a book about being a success champion uh, that's very oriented towards business strategy. And it's really about telling a story of his own life that has inspired thousands of people to get out of their own way and go for it. Donnie has launched his career uh, from being a corporal in the United States Marine Corps and has spent over two decades mastering sales and marketing. He's been a founder and CEO of the Success Champions family of companies. We'll talk a little bit more about that. And I am so excited to welcome Donnie to Market Impact Insights. How are you doing? Oh, great, Dan. Dude, thanks for having me on, man. I'm really excited to hang out with you. We've talked a little bit before this and we just got to have you know a good connection, man. So I've been looking forward to hanging out with you. Absolutely. And as I mentioned in the intro, you've had quite the journey from the Marine Corps to founding multiple businesses and building a powerful network of meaningful relationships. And I'm I'm curious, Donnie, what inspired you to take this entrepreneurial path? Oh, that's a great question. You know, I turned 40 years old and was in a unique position to where I was going to buy out the uh, sales training company that I was working for. And, you know, and up to that point, I'd spent 20 years as a straight commission sales guy. And I didn't even know you could you could start your own company. I mean, being an entrepreneur, starting a business, that was never something that entered my life. I mean, I grew up the generation just beyond the baby boomers. And you know, you went and you got a job and you worked for other people. So it wasn't until my 40s when I started hearing people saying, you know, you could do your own thing. And I found myself in a unique situation where me and my then business partner were talking about the multiple seven-figure buyout and I was going to buy his company. And we went out to dinner to celebrate 
all of our past successes and how big we'd built the company. And during that dinner, uh, he just said something to me that completely changed my outlook on life. And what he said to me was, Donnie, thank God you're my retirement plan. Now, usually when I tell people that, they, they're a little bit taken aback. So, so let me defend him a second. He said it completely out of love. Right. He was really saying, Donnie, you know, I'm grateful for what you've done, how big you've helped me build the company to. And I took it out of love when he said it. You know, it was my honor to work mm-hmm. for the guy yeah. for a number of years. And, you know, but when I left that conversation, I went and sat in my truck and I looked myself in the rearview mirror and I said, dude, what the heck are you doing? You were literally somebody else's retirement plan. And 15 days later from that moment, I jumped out and launched Success Champions to take on the life of you know an entrepreneur, business owner, whatever you want to call it nowadays. Wow. Wow. What a start and, and what a motivation. And it really got you thinking about what it would mean to carve really your own path and something that you really owned. And you know, we talk a lot about, we think a lot about what success means. And I've heard you say that success in business and life it's not just about the effort that you put into it. It's not about a process that you implement, but it's driven a lot by your mindset, how you think about things. Could you share a little bit more about that? Yeah, I think ultimately for me, success is freedom. And however one wants to define freedom. And, you know, I think most people. Um, and I, I was fascinated by your your uh, numbers early on of what people were saying success was. But I think most people put success on somebody else. Like that person is successful and they're defining it by whatever parameters they put on success. And I think most people tend to project their thoughts into somebody else's world versus reflecting in their own. So when you think about success as a whole, it has to start internally for you looking inside your mind, looking inside yourself and going, okay, where have I been successful in my life and how does that become success moving forward? And I think because most people don't reflect on their wins over time, they forget that they've already found success and therefore they're already successful. They're putting the the pressures of the world and everything else on themselves, which destroys their mindset and are not you know, projecting their current wins so far in life. So it's really a mental shift of, okay, I am successful. Now, how do we go bigger? And I think that's where it gets fun. Yeah. You know, it's interesting. You were talking about the inner success thinking and then the projection onto others in that same poll. There was this disconnect that came out that said people were responding in terms of how they themselves define success, but they had an assumption that everyone else or society defined it differently. So there seems to be this ongoing battle between what do we want for self? What's the perception of what we think society defines success as? And it's kind of this ongoing struggle, isn't it? Yeah, for sure. And, you know, society doesn't matter. Truthfully, society doesn't want you to win. Uh, the the systems, the lives we live in, our, how we carry ourselves are designed 
to keep us working for others, keep us only hitting a certain level. So when you allow society to tell you what success looks like for you, you automatically lose. This is why you know you have to take control of your own actions, your own thoughts, the only way you show up in the world, and not put your own success factors, your own thoughts on what society may or may react to what you do. I really feel like most of the world walks around and it's like they have this whiteboard on their chest and they're handing everybody else the markers saying, would you please write on my whiteboard what my worth is, what my value is, instead of flipping that whiteboard over, looking themselves, making that a mirror and then writing on the mirror of saying, all right. I am a good dude. I am a good gal, right? I am a great person. I am successful. And this is, I'm, I don't want people to mistake this for that, that woo-woo jibber-jabber of manifestation kind of stuff. What I'm saying is, is you have to fall in love with yourself and then society's thoughts and wills and all that stuff doesn't matter. Once you can look at the person in the mirror and you can see them eye to eye and go, man, that's a good person. I'm proud of what I've done, then society doesn't matter anymore. And that's where you really, really find success however you want to define it. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And you know, one of the things it seems that all of us can do, kind of call it the low-hanging fruit in terms of taking the next step uh, on this path of, of your own success is building out uh, your network, your relationships, the people that you know, uh, that you develop relationships with. And, you know, my background is in the technology space and marketing uh, multiple decades and relationships are so important. Networks are so important in those technology companies, company to company, peer to peer. And you've talked about smart networking really being important in terms of driving your growth. How do you see the value of relationships, Donnie? And is it any different now, as you think about that during these times of huge change, you know, pandemic and all the disruption, does it change that dynamic at all? I don't think it changes the dynamic because for, for, for me, having a network is really about building your champions. And when I say champions, I'm talking about the people that go out and are celebrating you with their network. You know, they're going out and they're they're telling the world about you, your business, your message. You know, they're sharing your content. They just are excited for your continued success. And when you focus on uh, helping the world get to who they need to get to. I mean, Zig Ziglar's got one of the greatest quotes of all time. And he said, you know, if you can help enough people get what they want, you'll get what you want. And I, I've just, I've always tried to embrace that thought process is if I can put enough people in my life that I can help get to the people they need to get to, whether that's the perfect introduction to a client, whether that's the greatest introduction to a referral partner, or whether it's an introduction to somebody that can figure out some cool collaboration together. We just, if people would live in the mindset of what can I do for you? How can I open doors for you? It changes the dynamic of how they're showing up in the world because we're in a very 
weird self-centered world where a lot of people say they want to help others and they want to serve, but then you watch their actions and they're not actually serving. They're walking around with their hand out and they have expectations that others should do for them. And I, you know, so for me, you know, it goes back to if you are kicking butt in life and you're doing the right things and you're growing your personal life, you're growing your professional life and you focus heavily on opening doors for other, the universe is going to take care of you. And, and as you do that, you're going to start collecting these champions that, you know, just become your greatest cheerleaders, your greatest source of new business and help you build yours. Yeah, what you're saying is really resonating with me because I think about experiences, the opening doors, the introductions. And I think uh, in my own experience that some of the most authentic gratitude that I've ever received or what I've expressed has had to do with being able to be introduced to others. I'm sure you see the same thing happen, that gratitude, that authenticity, you know, it's, it's real. For sure. I mean, I mean, look, at the end of the day, if you run a business or you're in a sales role, it's tough. I mean, no, nobody tells you how hard it actually is going to be. I mean, I think two of the toughest professions in the world is a professional salesperson and being an entrepreneur, because literally we have to wake up every morning, get punched in the face by life, smile, and then turn around and do it again the next day. Because, you know, there's a lot of rejection in both these games. There's a lot of... Uh, distrust with the the way people show up in the world, so it requires people to to really take it on a chin on a regular basis. So when somebody else has trust enough in you that they are willing to introduce you to somebody else, that's magical because they literally just said, you know, Dan, I respect you enough. I trust you enough that I'm going to je- put my brand on the line yep. and introduce you to somebody else. That's huge. And and I don't think people comprehend how huge that really is because they always see it as, well, I'm, I'm doing – like networking groups, I'm doing the chambers, I'm doing all these business things. You know, people are supposed to do things for me. And the, they don't wrap their head around this idea that they should be doing first. Yeah, you know, we have this concept of personal brand, you know, who we are, how we're perceived, uh, or what we're projecting. And it's not just through our own actions, but it's who we associate with. And I've you talk about this idea of the circle of five. What's that all about? Yeah, Jim Rohn, and if people haven't heard of Jim Rohn, um, uh, he's one of the greatest thought leaders, motivational speakers that ever walked the face of the earth. Um, Phenomenal gentleman. I never had the pleasure of meeting him, but uh, he's the one to kind of coined this idea of your circle of five. And the idea is, is you are a culmination of the five people you surround yourself with. And it's a cool concept. I love it because basically his philosophy was if you take your five closest friends and you looked at their life characteristics, their income, their lifestyle, the music they listen to, all the things, they are going to be a very close reflection of your lifestyle. You know, they're going to make around the same amount of money. They're going to, you know, make uh, uh, the same lifestyle choices. They're going to listen to the same music. I mean, it's going to be a mirror of your life. 
And people always took that, that that was the end all be all. And I agree with Jim to a, to a, or excuse me, yeah, Jim Rohn to a point. Um, uh, but when it comes down to life as a whole, that circle of five just isn't your five closest friends. It's your five clients you're going after. It's the five you know, prospects you're talking to. It's the five closest people you have in your network. It's the five people that you're listening and learning from. And when you start looking at that in perspective, you know, you'll, you'll fi- figure out a lot about how you're showing up and moving through life. So if you, if we'll, we'll talk about like prospects. If the five prospects you're going after are a reflection of how you see yourself, are you going big enough? Are you going after large enough accounts or are you constantly going after small play at safe accounts? If you look at your five closest clients or your five best clients, are they the big clients that are helping you get to freedom or are they smaller clients that you just get along with? You know, and so when you really start putting perspective into your life about who are these five that you're surrounding yourself in and all these scenarios, it really forces you to look at how you're showing up in the world and asking, am I living a life that will lead me to freedom or am I constantly playing this safe, mediocre game of a mundane life because that's where my comfort is? That's where I'm comfortable being. And it's it's a phenomenal way to start looking at the overall picture of what you're doing to move yourself further in life. Yeah, and I would think in that circle of five, one of the things that would make it even more meaningful and valuable is it's not that I go find the people or the prospects that think just like me. But if I really want to be challenged, uh, be motivated, get pushed outside of my comfort zone, maybe it's bringing in the divergent points of view, right? And and showing up or something that isn't the safe zone, right? Yeah, I found that my greatest business growth were going after prospects and companies I wasn't sure I could handle. Right? Going after people that just challenge where I'm currently at. So I'll go back to like days of doing nothing but sales training. You know, training a company of 10 salespeople, that was easy. It was, it was, I knew it. I understand. But when I first started targeting companies that had a hundred salespeople, holy crud, that was a lot of work. I mean, there's a whole different thought process and how we do things. And I look at it this way. If your clients aren't challenging you and pushing you to go bigger and learn new things, like not too long ago, um, well, probably about two years ago, I launched my first mastermind and I purposely went after people who were doing a lot bigger and stronger things. And after the first session, one of the members looked at me and goes, Donnie, is that it? Is that all you're teaching us? And I was a little taken aback because I thought I had put my heart and soul into this thing. And I said, well, what do you mean? She goes, man, I got to tell you, I was expecting a lot more from you and this program. And I realized it, two thoughts went through my head. The first one was, oh, crap, if I were completely honest. Yeah, yeah. The, the second one was, this was exactly what I was looking for. 
So I asked them right then and there, I'm like, okay, where do I level up my game? What do I need to do more for you? And they were straight up honest. And then we came back and now we've, you know, two years later, we've built out this masterful program, Mm -hmm. you know, and stuff. But it came because I put people in there that I knew were going to push me bigger than I could think oh. myself. And and that's, it, it's, it's truly magic when, when you go after people that have bigger thought processes or are not your norm. Yeah. It's that vulnerability, putting yourself out there to get that constructive feedback. And that's what is going to push you to uh, achieve even greater results. Right. But there is a vulnerability that you have well, to absolutely. Um, have. Yeah. Absolutely. And I, I think, you know, people have got to know themselves. I mean, I'm going to constantly go back to, can they look themselves in a mirror? And if you can't take construction, constructive feedback, if you can't take, you know, people telling you where you're screwing up, there's a whole lot going on there and you need to explore that because freedom is going to happen by understanding, you know, what makes you tick. And I I got a cool compliment from one of my clients. They said, you know, Donnie, you were the fastest person I've ever seen implement a suggestion from somebody. They're like, you pivot on a dime. And it comes, and it's for me is I know the bigger I go, the bigger I get to take everybody along with me. Like every time we do something new, something better, something stronger, all of my clients benefit, all the people around me benefit. And so I love being in a space of people saying, hey, you know, we can do this better. You know, we can do this stronger. I mean, uh, it's a cool mindset to be, but, you know, I always wasn't this guy. I never, I didn't grow up being the guy that liked advice. I'm like, I grew up as a guy with a chip (laughs) on my shoulder that, you know, nobody tells me what to do, you know, so (laughs) it's definitely been a learning process for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Well, as part of that process, you know, you've founded several companies, you've grown those companies. And as you look around the landscape, but we've got this unprecedented level of activity of uh, business startups. So there's a lot of building going on. A lot of people that have a vision of, of achieving uh, large, uh, great companies. What are some of the common missteps that you're seeing out there, though? As you look at the landscape, there are people that do it really well. They're leaders that are maybe stumbling, uh, not doing it as well. What are some of the common missteps as they're trying to achieve a healthy culture, generate growth? But uh, what, what do you see as some of the barriers or the missteps there? Yeah, I'll, I'll put it on myself and not 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 others because I like sharing my screw ups because I think more people relate to them. So some of the things we did early on was too much planning. You know, we we would try and put everything together and then go out and try and sell it. And what I've found over the years is quit building, just stop building altogether, go sell it, and then and then see if people are actually interested in buying it. Um, we we've built a couple of very expensive programs over the years that were complete flops because we never went out and tried to sell it before we built it. The, the, the other thing that people just don't do is they don't put the systems and processes in place. And I screwed this up so royally because certain things I didn't understand came really easy and natural for me because I've done them for 20, 25 years, you know, like sales comes pretty easy for me because I've got 25 years of doing sales. And as we brought on team members, as we brought on people to work for the company, it took my COO on a regular basis telling me, 
you know, Donnie, not everybody thinks the way you think. Not everybody does things the way you do. So we came up with an acronym in that process that has helped us out tremendously. And the acronym is ADD. So the word add and it's action document delegate. And so what we had to start doing to figure out the processes and systems inside of our business is we had to do the action, take action. We had to document what were the actions we take. And then we'd have to delegate. We'd have to give that plan to somebody else. And it was really then their process, their, their you know, next move would be to build out that process or that system. And by giving it to somebody else, it allowed a, an outside set of eyes to come in and go, okay, I see where they're going. I see what he's trying to create. Here's well, how we make it better. And a mentor of mine, you know, he told me, he said, Donnie, hire lazy people. And I said, why would you ever hire lazy oh, yeah. people? And he said, because lazy people will always find the shortcuts. They'll always figure out how to do it faster, better because they want to be lazy. And we've had some success with that over the years and because they want to – you know, do it quicker and faster so they can get it off their plate. Now, I wouldn't fill your company with lazy people, but, you know, um, in certain instances, it's a really smart move. And but this idea of putting the process and systems and totally turning that into a playbook for your company uh, was an absolute game changer for us, because I, th I think most people get to a place of growth but they never get to scale because they don't have the systems and processes in place to be scalable. Yeah. Well, I know another game changer is the power of storytelling and marketers have known about that for a long time. It's part of developing awesome content and just weaving a compelling story. Can you share some examples of how that storytelling has made a major impact for you in your own journey? Yeah, I love this. So, you know, podcasting is one of the greatest networking tools uh, on the face of the earth, but it's also one of the greatest ways to perfect your message and how you're telling the world about your business, what you do, and and how things have shown up in your life. And, you know, for me, I remember some of the first podcast or TV interviews that I ever did. And when I got to the portion of my story about how I became an entrepreneur, I didn't understand the power of the phrase, you know, thank God you're my retirement plan. So what happened was in my first interview, somebody asked me like, so how'd you become an entrepreneur? How'd you become a business owner? And I said, well, you know, I was sitting at dinner with my business owner. He said, you know, thank God you're my retirement plan. And then I launched a business and the interviewer goes, wait, what'd he say? And I said, he said, thank God you're my retirement plan. I didn't even realize how big of a phrase that was. So the next interview I went on, you know, I slowed it down and I put a pause in there and I learned to tell that story so that it has a greater impact. And I think, you know, our entire lifetime has been built on stories, you know, um, and there's some great companies out there that are teaching storytelling and the likes. But for us, you know, stories are the greatest educational tool in the world. Like this podcast right now is a story. I'll get to hear a lot about my journey and the teachings and learnings I've had along the way. But each one of these segments are, are portions of an overall story and process. Mm -hmm. So when, you know, you 
learn to tell the story of your company, your personal story, by sharing it out there in a multiple different ways, you learn to tell that story in a lot stronger and a lot more, have a lot more dramatic impact. And if people have ever spoken in front of a room, there's there's the you know ability to speak at a room and you'll see people, you know, looking at their phones, doing, yeah, you know, yeah. they're totally not engaged. The power of a proper story will have people leaning into you. And I, I, you know, podcasting has been that greatest tool for me because you get a lot of practice, a lot of repetitions. You know, I've done a lot oh, of interviews, yeah. you know, so you get to learn to tell those stories um, greatly. And I admittedly early on, I, I kept thinking, man, I'm telling these same stories over and over again. And what I realize is that's the ultimate power of storytelling. You know, it's, it's, you've got to share the same stories over and over again to multiple audiences, multiple people. Not only do you learn to tell it, but you also uh, learn to continue to put it out there so people actually hear it. You know, it's, you know, you hear yeah. something the first time, you may not fully understand it. You say it two, 10 more, 20 more times, people actually start hearing the words coming out of your mouth. So it's a powerful, powerful tool. It is. And as you're reflecting back on your own life and your business career, you've interacted with so many different people, Donnie. But if you had to just break it down, what is the single best piece of advice you've ever received? Uh, I'll say it in a very clean manner. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. You're welcome. Uh, uh, go screw it up. And um, we have a, an internal written rule in my company. And if it, the rule is literally, if it's not breaking, we're not going big enough. And But I had a gentleman tell me that he literally said, Donnie, you're playing too safe. You're playing too small. And you're playing in your comfort zone and you continue down that path and you're going to continue to build a crappy job for yourself and not a company. And it was an eye-opening statement for me. Um, and the same gentleman also told me, he's like, dude, you've got a heck of a story. You know, you, you've got a message that people want to hear. If you don't share that story, you are being completely selfish. And you know, it was a quick one-two punch from this guy of, I didn't have, he was literally telling me, I didn't have a company, I wasn't building a business, and I was being selfish. Yeah. But I needed to hear both those things. And so for what I want people to understand is literally, is, is if there's not some sort of controlled chaos in your business, and I'm not talking about everything's going haywire because you don't know what the heck you're doing. I'm talking about, okay, let's try this. And you go down that path and it breaks and you're going, that wasn't quite the answer. What if we tweak it? Now let's go this direction. It's a whole idea of failing forward, but, but you're doing it on purpose. You're trying to break things so you learn and you can go and build further. And the, the, the second thing is, is your experiences, your knowledge, the things you've been through, if you're not sharing those things with the world, you're being completely selfish because... There's nobody that society would look at and say is successful that's hoarded all of their information. 
that has kept it into themselves. I mean, you look at the most, if you want to determine it by wealth, the most wealthy men and women in the world, they are sharing their stories every freaking day. We can see it on every social media platform. They're giving back to the world by sharing the things that they've done and the you know scenarios they've gone through and the things that have broke. Um, I'm fascinated with Elon Musk right now and just yeah. how he continues to show up and share his stuff. Um, and I love that at that level, they have so much vulnerability and, and humility to come out and say, hey, we completely bombed on this concept, you know, and I love that power. And so so I think for people that you need to purposely go break things and you need to be sharing your knowledge. What are you learning? What are your experiences? What are you going through? Because that give back will push you to the stratosphere. Yeah, you know, I've been on teams that operate in more of a fear-based mode as opposed to more of empowered, go out, make your mistakes and take the learning mode. And what a difference it is. What a difference it is to not be kind of looking over your shoulder, right, um, on every step. And I think what you're talking about is true breakthrough comes from the willingness to know that you're probably going to have to fail several times to get to that that breakthrough. So a uh, great, yeah, that, great that's example. fascinating. Uh, you know, when you said that, I, I started thinking about a couple of times we've had new teammates come on. And they seem to be very, very cautious. And you could tell they came from these environments where, you know, you didn't screw anything up. You didn't break anything. Everything was proper. And it takes a minute for them to understand that I'm serious when I say, dude, this is your baby. Go, go break it. Go figure it out. You know, go screw it up and then come back with a solution on it. And it takes them a little while to get out of that program mindset of somehow some of those businesses run so horribly. Yeah, definitely. Now, we've been talking a lot about the idea of success, but another big component of your messaging is this concept of greatness. How do you define greatness, Donnie, and how should we all think about it relative to our own goal setting and achieving those goals? You know, greatness for me is when you truly can look at your life and say, I made a difference. And Uh, I think it was Steve Jobs that said the only people that can put a dent in this world are the ones that crazy enough to think they can. And when I heard that phrase, um, I realized that throughout my entire life, I hadn't been thought big enough. I hadn't thought great enough. And I kind of lived in this selfish world of how do I only improve my life? How do I only make my life better? And when I realized that to find greatness means I'd have to make an impact, I'd have to make a dent, it really shifted my own personal thinking to what am I really doing? What am I creating? What am I building that other people are going to benefit from, that other people are going to find their freedoms in. And that whole philosophy and mindset mindset, you know, shift made a massive shift in our business because I took the spotlight off of me and projected it out onto others. And it's one of the biggest things that allowed us to scale all the companies was we found that we were truly doing good by others. And that is what really gave us momentum. So if you're thinking about greatness, you literally have to think of a perspective of, you know, 
I don't, I'm not sure legacy is the right word, but what's the impact yeah. I'm leaving on this world? You know, how am I going to show up? How am I actively affecting and changing the lives of others? Yeah, something with a lot of substance, that's for sure. And as you transition, as you're looking ahead to the new year and beyond, what makes you optimistic? You know, I think society as a whole. I think we still um, are in the greatest moment of time. And and for me, the, the reason I say that is, you know, growing up as a kid, I didn't know you could start your own company. You know, I, I wasn't the entrepreneur kid that had the lemonade stands or was a top salesman of Boy Scout cookies or anything like that. You know, so so this idea that was nothing more than a phone you can transform and change your life um, and and grow and and make something big. I mean, I'm completely blown away like this whole NFT space right now and what's going on there. I think that's going to completely change the world. And uh, I think this is as big as the internet happening. And like when the internet first came in and I think our whole world of currency and everything's going to shift to that marketplace. And that excites me because the only way to currently learn that stuff is you got to go out and be amongst it and, and be around the people that are doing and building and creating. And admittedly, I'm still learning all this stuff and I'm completely overwhelmed by the massive amount of knowledge in the NFT space and cryptocurrencies and those things. It's completely overwhelming, but I'm embracing that learning process and I'm embracing what it takes to build in that space. It's the most fantastic time to live because now you take success and, and you literally give it to the blue collar you know, up and coming people, you give it to the third world countries. As long as somebody has a cell phone, they can completely transform and, and, and change their life. And I think people are too hung up on world news and society and crap, you know, and I think once they realize that all that stuff doesn't matter, they're going to, they're, they're going to find a cool freedom by, by building their world that impacts others. Yeah, and of course, technology and just the pervasiveness of it is going to really continue to make an impact there, right? Just the access to information and that learning, oh, like you were talking tremendous. about. It's never been easier, right? The bar has never yeah. been, been lower to do that. So as we start wrapping up the conversation, are any final suggestions for business leaders that are trying to drive and sustain their definition of success? Yeah, I... I Another great lesson learned from me was there's a, oftentimes running a company that I thought if I just had one or two more of me, I would find so much more success. And I can't tell you that was the dumbest thought process I've probably ever had in running a business. You don't need another one of you. You need your exact opposite. I call it the doppelganger arch nemesis, right? You don't need your, your doppelganger because trust me, one of me in this world is plenty, <laughs> right? But I definitely need the arch nemesis. So, I mean, the day I found Kevin Snow, who's my chief operations officer, um, who is introverted, very process oriented, very statistical numbers, you know, operationally programmed, my company transformed almost overnight. 
because I he allowed me to go do the things I needed to do, be the face of the company, be loud, be out there, get on stages, get on podcasts, you know, continue to get exposure for our companies while his operationally functioning mind and brain was able to then go make the company's function function and run. And so if if you're whether you're building out a team or you're adding leadership to your companies, bring on your arch nemesis. And I'm not saying you're trying to find somebody that's going to fight with you. I'm saying bring on somebody that is the opposite and has the skill sets that you're lacking. Um, And you'll be amazed at how quickly this transforms your business. And then, you know, uh, Henry Ford, it surround yourself with people that are 10, 20 times more intelligent than you are. And and I would put one caveat on it. Go find people who are smarter than you, but that you would also want to have a cocktail with. Because once you're building a company, you're, whether you work for somebody or you're building your own company, you're going to spend more time with those people than your own family most times. And so you've got to hang out with people that you actually enjoy hanging out with. So So go find the people that just geek out on the stuff you need to be done. And make sure there's somebody you can have a cocktail with and you'll completely transform uh, how your company is scaling and building and you'll build something that you're excited to show up to every day. That makes a lot of sense. And Donnie, really appreciate you sharing your life experience, the success champions story, and really inspiring all of us to go achieve success as we define it. So thanks again for joining. Oh, my honor. And one quick thing for you, Dan. Guys, if you're listening to this, wherever you listen to podcasts, do Dan one of the coolest favor. Being a podcaster myself with the Growth Mode Podcast, you know, do Dan a favor and tell one person about his show. If you got any value out of this whatsoever, one tip, one trick, anything that you're like, ah, that was my moment, that was my aha. Tell one person about that because building my own podcast, I can tell you having somebody, you know, subscribe to the show or somebody to send in a quick message and said, Hey, thanks. This is my takeaway from your episode means everything. And I tell you as a podcaster, we light up when somebody says, man, I love that last guest you had on your show. Or, you know, they send an email and go, man, this was my takeaway from your show means everything to us. So tell one person for him. Thanks a lot, Donnie. I really appreciate that. And also all the listeners to make sure you can rate and review, provide that gift of feedback too. You can do that through Apple and the other platforms as well. And as always, make sure to check out marketimpactnow.com for the latest in business leadership perspectives. So long until next time.